Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Saturday show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the stressors of the process. And when I say the process, I just mean primarily when you're drug into a situation you don't really want to be in and how it uh, actually kind of affects you. Um, I've been dealing with some folks, uh, coaching folks who are dealing with that. And I'm actually dealing with that myself. So I have kind of a unique perspective on it. Uh, get to relive some of the past because of what's happening now. So I thought I would uh, discuss that with you guys. Hopefully you are doing okay. Let me turn on my chat window. I forgot to do that. Get everything set up over here. So <clears throat> anyways, first thing I want to say, if you want to sign up for the SMS notification, so you know, whenever I do this live, you can text DSD live, all one word to the phone number or 844-598-0012. That's 844-598-0012. And that will add you on to the SMS notification service that there's a handful of people on with that. And uh, it unfortunately only works, I think, in the United States. I do not think it works in Canada or anywhere else outside. I attempted to try to find uh, different solutions for that, and I was unable to do that. So, but... Uh, I did, I did press the button on that, uh, so hopefully that will, will work well. Looks like we have some people already jumping in, so that is outstanding. I'm going to just have some coffee to get me going. Anyways, all right, <clears throat> excuse me, let me roll down the music. And uh, I do have multiple cameras going, so in case something goes wrong, I can switch to a different angle. Hopefully that will not be the case. I thought I was going to be able to bring somebody on today, but they were unavailable. So I did have, uh, I was also going to try to do that, but, but anyways, let me, uh, all right, let me just dive right into this topic. And it's real easy for people who are not personally involved in a situation to give you advice that you got to let this go. You got to let it, not let it stress you out. You got to take a deep breath. All those type of things. I've said that to people myself, especially, you know, when I'm doing the coaching thing. However, I also understand that it is nearly impossible to completely distance yourself from what's going on. As I mentioned at the top of this, uh, of this show, I'm dealing with that myself. So the first thing I would just say is that a toxic narcissistic people just their capacity to hold a grudge and just keep trying to find a way to make sure that you cannot get on with your life is, you know, I'd almost like to say impressive because it's just like, you know, most people, I think like us really get to the point where it's like, you know what? I want to put this behind me. I want to move on with my life. I want to get away from this crap and I want to do focus my attention and energy and do things that are not evolved around this. And inevitably, and then typically this happens in the beginning stages of this, inevitably what happens is, is your antagonist says, oh no, hold on. Oh no, no, you do not get to get away so easily. You know, you are going to think about this and you are, I'm going to constantly remind you of what you're going through and you are going to live this day in and day out in, in theory. Okay, cool. That did work. 
And it's, it's incredible how these people do this. Now, I will say, a, a prime example of this, if, let me ask this, any, any of the people who are watching this live, has anyone seen the movie Oppenheimer? I just happened to watch that last night. Not what I expected. Good movie, but not what I expected. But there is a prime example of this, one of the characters in the movie, who ends up holding a grudge against Oppenheimer and lays out a long-term, well-thought-out, vindictive plan to extract, I don't know if that's the right word, but to achieve revenge on this person. It's like, you know, okay, I'm going to get what I can out of you, and then I'm going to try to destroy you and your reputation to, uh, to accomplish my goal. And I think that these people kind of fall into, not kind of, they fall into that category. They fall into that trap to be able to do that. I mean, most normal people would be like, move on. I mean, how many times have we had a bad falling out with somebody? And after time goes on, you kind of like, you, you minimize the bad times, you focus on the good times. And unless, it, like for all of us, I think with our exes, that should be one of those things where we sear it into our minds that we can never trust or even dip a toe back with that person ever again because it's just too damn dangerous. But I think most of us throughout our lives have scenarios where we're like, you know, whatever, it's before, that was bad, you know, that was that was in the past, it wasn't that bad, let me let me move on with my life and try to, uh, you know, accomplish, or not accomplish, but just just not live in that negative mindset. Toxic narcissistic people, unfortunately, that's where they live. That is the location that they gravitate towards and they feel that they need. And unfortunately, they are also very adept at navigating that and enjoying it. So unfortunately for them, I don't think it really feels uncomfortable, right? I mean, the end justifies the means. And sometimes, sometimes I would say they even do this at their own detriment. They will engage in things to try to ex um, extract that revenge that ultimately ends up blowing up in their face. And either they don't care, they don't anticipate, well, it's either they don't care, they don't anticipate that it's a reality to happen, or they just aren't thinking straight until it's too late. Anyways, all right, so solutions on how to deal with this, right? Like, what do you do when you're in the midst of it? You have to slow yourself down. I know I say this all the time and, I, and, and trust me, I've had to do this myself. And if you guys want me to go into more detail, I can, I, I might actually engage in some extra detail on this. Um, you have to take things slow, not fall into the catastrophic thinking, take a lot of deep breaths and do whatever you need to do basically for self-care so that you can navigate this in the best way possible. I'm dealing with a couple of folks, one in particular, who's getting ready to go to trial and his ex is uniquely complicated. And he is doing a lot better over the time that we've worked together. But you know, you still cannot take away the fear and the anxiety of the what if, right? 
What if they win? What if everyone believes them? What if, even though for the last two years there's been no evidence that anyone has really believed their delusion, what if this time is different? What if we go through this and I lose everything and everything is horrible? You know, what do you do? First thing, (laughs) do not make any rash decisions. For me personally, what did I do? What did I do whenever the bomb dropped on me recently, a couple months ago? Basically, I got cert. I didn't get served at work. I got certified mail at work that went to me and then went to apparently the top leadership of where I work, basically saying that I was a piece of crap, deadbeat, you know, not paying my bills, yada, yada. <clears throat> and they proceeded to say, you know, oh, by the way, this is this guy's mom. And... And this is also his stepmom, I guess, stepmom. Just to try to basically like, hey, here, I'm going to do this like this. Hey, motherfucker, you think you're going to get away from us? You think you're going to be able to set up a boundary and make sure that you don't have to deal with us? Well, fuck you. We're coming for you. We're coming for your job and we're going to destroy you. Now, I can say that with a smile right now. When that happened... It was not a smile. <laughs> I was I was a little bit freaked out. I ended up taking the rest of the week off from work because I had to also, because of the way that was sent, I had to go talk to my boss and say, hey, this came in. In theory, it went to the leadership on, on, our, on our location. I'll say it that way. So now I need to make sure you know and you let our deputy director know and you let our commander know so that if they get bombarded down the leadership chain, that they understand what's going on. Now, a prime example of this, or an interesting little caveat that I want to add onto this, is do you think the person who did that was able to, to objectively look at, look at that and realize that anyone is going to look at that and say, oh, wow, or let me do it this way. Oh, wow, this is all true. What a bad person you are. No, I had a lot of sympathy from people saying, wow, dude, I'm so sorry you are going through this. I'm so sorry that this crap is still happening. Whatever you need, let me know. And like I said, I took the rest of the week off. I went up to the mountains. I nearly drowned my truck. If you guys remember back on my other channel or on my Instagram stuff, when I post a little video where I nearly buried my truck or drowned my truck in a little river that was bigger than I thought, that was that time. And I'll tell you, when I went up there, it was very relaxing and it was just what I needed, minus almost ruining my truck. It was exactly what I needed at the time to just help me distance myself. And then lately, you know, so then I'm going through, it's like, all right, well, what's going to happen with this? Now, so again, Again, the key is do not react abruptly without forethought of what you're trying to do. Do not do that. You need to give yourself time and distance. This is exact, I mean, rolling back to the normal content, that, that hybrid no contact uh, on my, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I'll go over here. 
and then click over here and scroll on down to my Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery video number one in that. Holy crap, that's been viewed 23,000 times. Hybrid no contact is important. Hybrid no contact absolutely is important. And part of that is deciding how you respond and giving yourself time to, to, uh, to deal with that. So let's see here. Oh, I see a, hold on. I want to, I want to, A says, uh, she sent hate mail to your coworkers. What a psycho. Yeah. And it wasn't my coworkers. They sent it to my work. So, and they sent it, I have to be careful how I say this. They sent it in a way that we normally get certain types of mail. So I, when it came in and I got a call from the front office saying, Hey, this came in you know, for you guys. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So I sent my guy who normally goes and gets that stuff. So he could probably grab it, properly grab it, <clears throat> properly, you know, file it. And when he came back later, you know, it was a, a letter, a certified letter from my, uh, from my mother, which was incredibly embarrassing, right? I mean, I was apologizing to that guy. I'm like, oh dude, I'm so sorry. If I would have realized what exactly that was, I would never have done that to, you know, I asked you to go get it and, you know, yada, yada. Anyways. So yeah, I mean, it was, uh, and, you know, I mean, like I said, coworkers, it was sent through my leadership. So through my bosses and through the bosses of the area that I work at. I mean, so, you know, like pretty, pretty embarrassing stuff. So <laughs> he says, I'm guessing their reaction was to start a fund for your legal bills. Uh, yeah. If you mean like me starting a fund for my legal bills, cause this is actually costing me uh, a chunk of change. I had to file uh, Oh, so more on this story is I did get served at the beginning of November or, you know, first, second week in November had to do some research, discuss with some folks, all that kind of stuff to figure out my next course of action. And uh, the first thing that I filed cost me $435 plus the extra fee. So it was like 450 bucks just to try to say that this is frivolous and, and get this thrown out, which I think from the legal review that I have, I have an ironclad airtight argument that uh, this is an invalid, invalid suit. But, you know, rolling this back to what I was talking about initially, this has been incredibly stressful. Even right now, when I feel relatively confident that this is going to get resolved in the next couple of months, there's still this, this low-level, mid-level anxiety and stress that is just there. And this is why kind of rolling back to what I was chatting with, with uh, that other client, you know, I go through and I'm like, Hey man, you know, you look at your situation and I'm not going to go into complete details on this guy's scenario, but it's like, look, look at all the data points that have happened. Look at what all the experts have said. Look at where everything you're at. Your ex keeps coming up with these crazy cockamamie ideas based on past experience. And you got all this time, which demonstrates that what she's saying is not true. So you need to take a breath, you know, and then he'll ask me, it's like, well, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think it's going to go bad? And I'm like, look, man, I, and this is the problem, right? 
I can't say in at 100% that he's going to be fine. Don't know, right? I mean, we all know how court is. It's it's uh it's not exactly the beacon of justice that we would we would hope it would be. But there's a pretty good chance that everything is going to roll out and turn out fine. And that's what I was telling him. I'm like, look, I get it, man. I mean, what you got to do is you got to slow down, take take a breath. You know, do do some things to get to keep your emotional state in check. And as I've been working with this guy cuz he's getting closer and closer to trial, I keep telling him, I'm like, look, I mean, I even said this, actually, it's kind of funny because like a month ago, the question was, what do you think is going to happen? I said, well, she's going to turn up the, 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 you know, turn up the intensity and try to get you to break. He's like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I can't tell you completely, but I tell you whenever it happens, we'll sit there and we'll go, oh, okay, that makes sense. And that's exactly what's happened. I mean, the crap that has come up as every day inches closer to his trial, because he's actually going to trial now. Uh, there's something new (laughs) and bizarre, you know, I mean, so when it's trying to stress him out and I got to give props to this guy, because when I first started working with him, he was an emotional mess and he's doing a lot better now. I mean, he, but again, when you're going through this, that stress and anxiety is going to be there. Unless you have a unique ability to turn it off. I don't have that. I wish I had that. I do not have that. But if you don't have that ability to turn it off, you are going to have to you are going to have to actively work with yourself to manage that so that you don't spin yourself out of control. And again, like I said, I've had to do that myself. I mean, I'm 12 12 years from this divorce thing, you know, 7 years working on this channel. I mean, I have a lot of experience behind you know, under my belt, so to speak, on dealing with this garbage. And even then, it's still stressful. When I finally got served, I ended up taking a couple of days off for that because it was just, it was stressful. Now I'm working with, you know, trying to draft up the documents, the demure, uh, apparently. (laughs) I'm learning terms that, that I never knew I had. And I will say, thank God for this channel, and the relationships that I've developed over the seven plus years that I've been doing this, because it has been really helpful to have resources to reach back to, to get some advice. Still stressful, still very anxiety causing, but you know, I mean, it's, that's, that's been a helpful thing. So I'm hoping that my latest thing that I filed will be accepted on Monday and we can move forward or closer to getting this done. So just to, to roll this back and summarize, you one, it, it, they always seem to do it at this shit, this stuff, sorry, this stuff always seems to come up when you finally are feeling like I've gotten to the other side. I don't know how many times I've experienced this throughout my, my personal journey and then absolutely with the people I've coached over the last few years. It's like things will calm down. They will, you'll feel like you've gotten to the other side. You're like, all right, I've gotten through this nightmare. It's done. I figured it out. And it's like somehow they find a way to reach back, grab you and pull you back in. And so first thing is you got to, when it happens, 
slow yourself down. Take a break. Do whatever you need to do. Do not self-medicate. Do not do anything drastic. Even if you feel like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You have to just take a pause. You know, I've had to make my peace with the fact that if, you know, catastrophic thinking in my, in my situation, if this goes completely south, worst case scenario, what is my pathway out of it? And I've worked out an idea on how I think that's going to work. And uh, it's not great. I mean, it would be not fun, but I mean, it is what it is. So it's like you have to, and this rolls into the second part. You have to, actually the third part, slow yourself down to be deliberate with what you do. The third thing, I see someone say evil. The third thing is make your peace with it. You know, I think that's really the key. That's the pivot point where you start to be able to deal with this in a more rational way, right? And I think every one of us has gone through, especially on the divorce custody side, when you're, when you're fighting with this, you're looking at it and you're, you're looking at the injustice and you're looking at what you're losing and you're looking at what this person is doing to you, to your life, to your children. And when you're talking about the custody thing, technically that's not my situation now, but when you finally say, okay, I'm going to radically accept this and I have to deal with it. These are my way forwards. And you have to be, <laughs> you have to go through the stupid ideas. Like I even went through It's like, well, I guess I'll do this, this, and this, or I'll do this. And it's like, no, that's not a good plan. That's, that's a very destructive plan. And you don't want to do that. And I think once you do that, it, it sets up a, a, it sets, it puts you in a mindset to where you can actually in a, in a, interact with this, deal with this in a way where you're a little bit disconnected so the emotions aren't as strong. Now, the crazy part about this, and I'll just add this and then we'll go into the comments. You all know, I mean, all the, all the people who've been on the, been a part of this channel for, for years knows I just, I've just recently finished, you know, the child support stuff and all that kind of stuff. But there's a segment of this that's still still lingering. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to think about this crap. I want a little bit of time to just chill out. My goal, my goal was to work on this channel. Number one, start diving back into it, producing more content on a regular basis, maybe do a pivot. Still thinking about all that. I intended to do that in September, but because of all these things that, that I'm talking about, I've had to focus on that. And, uh, but I intended to do that and just kind of say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take like a year and not think about this. Yes, it's going to cost me money, but I don't care. But because of all this crap happening and I'm being drugged into this mindset, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm already diving into this. I'm already diving into the court stuff. Maybe I should work on some things to file some things to deal with the ex and get that over with. You know, you guys all know I never filed to reduce child support whenever uh, I was told that, you know, by child support services that I absolutely should do that, that they would impute her wages and lower child support. And I didn't because it just wasn't worth the risk at the time. And every time I tried to hint about it, my wonderful ex would start poking the kids in the eyes. And it just was like, you know what, for the, for the few hundred dollars that it would probably have saved me, 
which I mean, in retrospect, if I added all that money up, that would probably be a lot of a, a nice chunk of change. But you know, I made the decision not to do it. So that's the mindset I was going in on this. And now I'm like, fuck it. Let's just, you know, let's go for everything, get it over with and done. So it's kind of funny how these things happen to where it basically blows everything up. Anyways, curious what you think about that. Let me add another marker so I can mark the end of this little rant. Curious what you think. And I'm going to start going through the comments. Actually, I'll go backwards. Uh, <laughs> Anonymous says, these people are degenerates. Yep. Tiffany says, DSD, the injustice, my whole mentality during the divorce. I can definitely relate and I definitely understand what you're talking about because I, you know, we chatted about your story and it's your, yours is, it's, I mean, all of our stories are crazy. And every time I hear someone, it's kind of funny because someone will hear my story and they'll be like, oh my God, that's horrible. And then I'll hear their story and I'm like, oh my God, I'm glad I had my story and not your story. Right. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all perspective. Uh, Woozle Taker? I don't know if I am saying that correctly. Makes no sense why they light everything on fire. Well, it actually does, Wooz, because they enjoy chaos. And they they have to try to drag you into chaos. And for them, lighting you on fire or making you dance around is a victory for them. Even if they lose, it's it's the most craziest thing. On that, I just want to add one little story. When I when I saw in the mail that certified mail was coming, this is how na- not naive but hopeful maybe I was thinking when I saw that I'm like you know maybe maybe she's sending me a letter certified so that she knows I get it to say you know what this is stupid you know how do we hit the reset. <laughs> How many of us have done that? How many of us have been in a scenario where we're like, oh, okay, you know, this can't continue to be stupid. And then they demonstrate just how, how stupid it is. Wu says, good point on court equals bad for dad. Um, Actually, court typically is bad for whoever is not the toxic narcissist because the other person will just weaponize everything. And unfortunately, especially in family court, it enables it. Now, I'm hoping you'll keep your fingers crossed for me on this, that in civil court, that that will not happen and it'll be more law-based. And I mean, what we'll see is whenever I finally get my demure put in, if the court looks at it and says, oh yeah, this is absolutely invalid, throwing out this whole suit, on, you know, because it's a invalid contract or statue of frauds. It's all these weird terms. I, I, I feel like I'm in a Harry Potter movie and I'm, I'm at Hogwarts and I'm trying to learn a spell. And if I don't say Leviosa and I say Leviosa, it, the spell won't work. That's how this crap feels. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but holy crap, you know, it's like, when I first was looking at it, someone says, oh, okay, you found the right, you know, I was working on my answer and I found the the, the two uh, laws or statutes that basically said this is an invalid contract and the statute of limitations have expired. 
And, uh, and then they're like, oh, well, you need to file a, a motion to dismiss. And I'm like, you know, motion to dismiss. Can't find diddly squat. So then I asked a person, I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to search for? Because I'm not finding it. Like, look up this term. I can't remember what this term. I can't remember what this term was. And I'm like, okay, these are words I would never put together. Click it in, you know, boom. And then it was like, you know, oh, that's a demure. And I'm like, what the, f what the hell is a demure? Anyways, so I'm learning a lot. <laughs> uh, N NH Rebels says, Dwayne, how are you? Um, I've been, I'm okay. Uh, I've been stressed for the last few months, which is kind of the topic of this, uh, of this, of this discussion, but uh, I'm doing all right. A says, after seven years of constant silver bullets, oh, dude, sorry about that. That is really rough. All of which missed, my, my ex went nuclear. I was, oh, come on, move out of the way. I was investigated for three minutes, and then the investigation, investigation said, tell me about your ex's mental health. We talked for two hours. See, A, and I'm glad you said this. One, first, I'm sorry you're going through this, but I will say this. They, if we don't get in their way, do this. If we don't get in their way, they typically expose themselves and implode on themselves. Unfortunately, a lot of times what we end up doing is we get in the way of that happening. It mucks everything up. And then they don't take the hit for what they're, what they're done or what they're doing and what they have done because we kind of muddle into this whole thing and it turns into a, a total crap show. Well, I got to try to turn my uh, sounds off because it's annoying. My notif I, thought I, notif I thought I turned on my notifications. I guess I didn't. Uh, Father X says, uh, Dwayne, yes, there is a pattern that quote going to the court equals bad for uh, new, bad news for dads. So are you emotionally expecting? So are you emotionally expecting bad news? Even if you intellectually think you're on the right side, maybe it's PTSD. What I would say is, since this is not family court, I feel more confident that the law will actually be followed and used in my fit. You know, will will assist me, but I don't know, you know, I mean, that's what I was saying a minute ago. I mean, there's a possibility that this latest thing, cause I was not expecting this. Basically I'm being sued for like 30 grand and, uh, you know, on a, on a verbal contract, verbal agreement, not a, well, they say a contract, you know, basically, basically the, the thing on it is 12 years ago, we made an agreement in their mind, a, a contract that I would pay them like $1,100 a month starting in September of this year once child support stopped and drop that mommy on the last minute. Guys, if that was true, I would have been saving money. I would have not done anything with my youngest that last year because I wouldn't have the money for it. And unfortunately, what I did, and this is why I think this happened. What I, what I did is I leaned forward. I'm like, okay, you know what? I got one year left. I got I got one year left with my youngest. So this, and I know that once they turn 18, they're probably going to go hang out with their mom. And my interaction with my kid, kids uh, is going to be very limited. So I have this little period of time to, to have some memories and to be able to do some things. 
that's that's finite. That once that clock runs out, I'm not for the most part. It's going to be really hard to replicate. And what I did, like an idiot in retrospect, is I did the thing on my truck. I went on that long trip with my youngest, that ten day trip to the Pacific Northwest, um, and uh, you know, dumped a lot of money. I mean, I really stretched myself thin on that. And I was like, well, okay, this is going to be painful. It's going to push some things back, but I will, since the child support's going to drop, you know, and more than likely the kids aren't going to be here. So food is going to be cheaper and everything's going to be, you know, it's going to go down and I potentially could move. Well, I can't move now because the, for me to move my rent would be, if I got a, <laughs> I'm paying less right now for a four bedroom, 1900 square foot, two car garage house. It would cost me more to go rent a 900 square foot, one or two bedroom, one bath apartment with no, with no garage than what I'm paying for this place. And this place is closer to work. So, I mean, it's just like, okay, so I have to stay here anyways. So yeah, I think I got a super chat. Let me, uh, let me see if I can, Hey, Tiffany, Tiffany did a super chat says hit that like button and boop it. (laughs) Hey, thanks, Tiffany. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate the super chats. Appreciate the support. Appreciate all you guys tuning in. Uh, let's see. So I am going to, oh, I'm I'm all over on the thing. Okay, let me do this. If you have a question for me, do at DSD and put question and I'll try to be able to look for that. And I'm going to just kind of scroll through the, uh, the, the live chat and see if I can answer some comments. Read some comments. Uh, let's see. Anonymous says they just sit around and do nothing. It seems I would rate. I could relate to that. It seemed like mine did that until two kids dropped up my ex until two kids dropped off. And then there wasn't enough money for me to pay all her bills. So she had to finally get a job. So I think she's been working for three years now, which might help me in that other thing I was talking about. So Uh, Ted says, Dwayne, why is my 14 year old daughter sassy? Well, there's a handful, there's, there's a handful of things, reasons for that. First, 14 years old girl, 14 year old kids are complicated anyways. So even if everything was perfect, if you had the perfect marriage, you mom and dad were both in the house the likelihood that your 14-year-old daughter is going to try to drive you into an early grave is not all the time, but there's a pretty good chance of it. Now add in a high-conflict toxic divorce where your narcissistic, probably personality disordered ex doesn't know how to be a parent and they're being a friend and a 14-year-old being treated on equal footing with an adult that makes them feel great. So now you have a 30, 40, 50 year old who is acting like a 14 year old or a 12 year old complicating things. So then with that, what typically happens is their parent is trying to light everything on fire, which makes it whenever your 14 year old daughter rolls over to your house, they're coming with that attitude 
and uh, basically bring it right into your into your thing. It's really tough. It's really hard to navigate. Excuse me. Sorry if that got recorded on the screen or in the in the thing. Uh, what I would say is you definitely review the hybrid the, and the mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery, which is what I have on the screen for people who are listening to the audio on the YouTube channel DSD. Look for that mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery and those first few videos, absolute or hybrid no contact, absolute thinking, black hole thinking, and then just the other videos in this series. There's about 40, I think, of them which just kind of build on each other. And that will help you deal with that. Won't solve it, but it'll help start give you some techniques and things to, to better deal with it. All right, let me, oh, I'm missing. Okay, so Gianni says, hi, Dwayne. Hope you're having a good weekend. I am. I was going to go camping this weekend, but uh, I figured I would do a live stream and hang out with you guys. I have a trip scheduled next week. Uh, barring any problems that I'm going to meet up a buddy of mine up, up on, up near the Northern part of 395. And I think we're going to go explore some, uh, old abandoned mines and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. He has an old ambulance that he's bought that he's converted into a camper or he is in the process of converting into a camper. And then I have my, uh, my, my thing. So I'm looking forward to that trip. That's kind of why I decided not to go anywhere this weekend. Dr. Federaro, if I said that right, if I didn't, I apologize, says, Dwayne, sorry for your, sorry your ordeal continues. These antagonists are obsessively, obsessively resentless, relentless, sorry. Their mission is to destroy your peace and pocketbook. The only way they can stay connected to you is court chaos. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny when I mentioned what was going on in my dad, he's like, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, that sounds exactly like what, uh, you know, what your 80 year old, almost 80 year old mother would do. I'm like, you know, I, it's crazy. I mean, it's, I, I can kind of laugh about it now. I mean, there's still stress. Like I said, talking at the top of the top of the hour, when I started this show, it was, uh, this whole thing has not been fun. It's been, it has been very stressful. All right. So now I'm kind of copying over comments that I've already gone over. So I'm trying to scroll past those. Anonymous says knowledge is power when applied. Yeah, that's, oh my God, that is so true. And, uh, and that's why I'm not impulsive by nature at all. Oh, I used to be, man. This has been, for me personally, this has been a lifelong journey. And I'll say, fortunately, I started to get a handle of this before the divorce happened. So I was becoming more deliberate, like at work and stuff with, with what I would do. Uh, and I started seeing it had results. Now, when this whole divorce thing started, uh, that drug me into a pit of hell that I, it really freaked me out. And there were a lot of things that I, uh, that, in, that I would, that I did back then that I would not do today. And I wish this is kind of the whole point of this channel, right? I wish that I would have had something like the D, this channel to help guide me through it. So those early mistakes that I made in like the first six months of all this, 
I wouldn't have done. Because if I could have approached this differently, I could have repaired my relationship and provided more stability for the kids sooner, which would have definitely helped. I mean, it would have definitely helped in the long run. Potentially, it could have even switched the balance of, hold on, let me zoom in, the balance of power. And maybe I would have been able to make a better play for, for like full custody. But I kind of screwed that up in the beginning. Okay, I do see some questions coming in. So let me scroll down some more. Uh, oh, Jesus. <sighs> Alberto says, oh, to everyone, this week I lost my green card denied because my ex put three false restraining orders six years ago that were dismissed. Uh, 60 police reports. USCI, I don't know what USCIS is, did not care that it was all a lie. You're hosed. The lawyer called, uh, the lawyer called it a Jerry Springer show that never ends. Man, I am so sorry about that. You know, and again, it, that kind of goes with what I was talking about before that I was saying, even in my situation, is if, you know, do whatever you can to try to undo it. I'm, I'm assuming you have, so it's over. And, you know, it's like, okay, what do you do now? It's like, how do you pick up the pieces? And it's really, it, I, dude, I can't even imagine what you're going through. Well, I can't imagine actually, because I'm kind of, like I said, in, in, a, in a, hopefully, damn it, man. I'm sorry to hear that. How, so Albert, how are you doing, man? What, and do you have a plan forward that's not destructive? So I'll wait and see if you answer that. Franchi, Fran, Francie? Francie says, are live streams like this therap therap therapeutic? Therapeutic for you, or do you do it just for us? Actually, a little bit of both. Um, if you guys didn't get anything out of this, I would absolutely not do this. I would, <laughs> it's going to be a shameless plug. Can't help myself. I would be over here on the Dusty Roads Destination channel, doing a live stream over here, uh, right, trying to do a podcast to talk about camping and doing this. I mean, I, I love doing the YouTube thing and the live streams. It's, it's a blast. It's a little stress. I mean, it, I mean, I've been doing it a long time. When I first started, it was very stressful. However, the feedback I get from you guys and how this, this whole channel and these discussions are helpful is why it's primarily why I do it. And typically, once I do one of these, I feel pretty good afterwards. So it's a little bit of both. But if but if you guys did not appreciate this and or want this, I would do something different. But so thank you. So I'm assuming that was a supportive comment, uh, Francie. So uh, thank you so much for that. Woozle says, uh, yep, to get under the skin in any way possible. I think they believe their lies, however. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I used to spend a lot of time ruminating about that. It's like, why is this happening? Do they actually believe, this is talking even back in the doors, do they actually believe this crap that they're saying? And for me, it was really tough because I'm like, I'm being accused of these horrific things. 
And all I've ever done for 20, you know, for two decades, now don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, when I was a young kid, I was kind of a, you know, I was immature, said and did some things. I mean, I never cheated. I don't, never cheated. Never, I don't drink, don't do drugs. You know, probably I'm more introverted, not probably, I'm more introverted, maybe a little bit boring. And uh, that is, you know, that's me. So whenever it was put out there that I was this freaking monster, it was it was really tough for me to uh, to deal with that. I think what they do, um, Wazell Talker, Wazell Talker, is they in their mind they have this delusion of how things are, and they make it real for themselves. I think if you could probably sit them down and have a real conversation and be like, do you really think that I did this? You know, maybe you would get an honest answer of no, but they'll justify it. They'll be like, well, you know, you did do this and, and things are so crazy now and I just don't know, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So, uh, so I think they can, like you say here, do they believe their lies? I think they convince themselves that their lies have the potential to be true, right? That's what I think. Ivan has a question for me. He says, what has worked on, a re on regulating your emotions when these bombs keep coming at you? Great questions. And I did talk about that earlier. And what I will say on that, for me, what works is giving me some space and sleep, you know, so I generally will take some time off of work and I'll either go drive someplace or I'll just chill out at the house and kind of occupy my mind with something else. I play Fortnite as, as uh, Tiffany knows, cause we play together sometimes. Uh, cause that's like a good distraction, right? It gets my mind focused on the, the task at hand and makes it to where I can't ruminate about what's going on. For me, I have a buddy of mine. He's like, well, why don't you come to work and you can be here? And the problem for me, like when I'm sitting at work and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm staring at a computer screen, for some reason for me, I gravitate to thinking about all this crap. I can't get away from it. But if I do what I said, I, I stay home, you know, do something to direct, distract myself. What actually works really well for me is when I go out uh, off-roading because you have to be focused on what you're doing or you will potentially put yourself in a pickle. So it's one of those things that forces you to get in the moment and stay focused on what you're, <laughs> what you're doing for your own survival. And that helps. Now, for instance, Ivan, I'll pull your comment back up on the screen. Let's say you're one of those people that if you dive into work, that works for you, right? That gives you that little bit of separation and, and a break from dealing with the chaos of this, then I would recommend that. Now, what I would not recommend is self-medicating. Don't start drinking. Don't start doing drugs. Don't do those things that have a potential to create extra problems. You want to make sure you're in as much control of your faculties as possible to minimize your opportunity for, for mistakes, and it sucks. I mean, like for me, when I was talking about that, when I burned, had to burn a few days of leave to go sit on a mountain, it was not, it wasn't great. 
Right. I mean, well, okay, the trip was great, but it was annoying to have to burn time for that. And it wasn't as productive of time as I would have liked. But it did accomplish the and it's really weird. I mean, honestly, to be honest, I'm surprised that when I got up there and I made my campfire and I'm sitting there by myself, you would think that I would have an opportunity to really start just ruminating about what's what's happening. And for whatever reason, the way I am wired, it didn't work that way. Maybe because I'm worried about the Cuba cadre coming and eating my face off that I'm staying a little bit more focused in the moment so that, you know, Bigfoot doesn't come and drag me away. <laughs> okay, that was funny to me. You guys have to let me know what you think about that. Ted says, did I mention the word evil? Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it today, but you have mentioned it in the past. And this crap is absolutely evil. And it's not necessary. That's the other thing. It's like these people... Spend so much, here, let me do it this way. These people spend so much time, energy, effort to make things as difficult and nasty as possible. If they would spend a tenth of the effort not playing these stupid fucking games, I'll say it that way, then this would be easy. You know, I was chatting with someone the other, actually, I was chatting with one of my coaching clients. And I said, you know, if your ex wouldn't have played this game and would have been semi nice to you and tried to quote unquote manipulate you, you probably would have bent over backwards to try to make everything work as, as well as possible. I was absolutely planning to do the same thing. I'm like, Hey pumpkin, I'm not going to leave you hanging. That's not my point. I can't live like this anymore, but you know, I'm not planning on, you know, basically trying to make your life a living hell. And little did I know, you know, that was exactly her plan. So, um, you know, they, it's just, and it's crazy. And, and the funny part is not now, not now, cause it's 12 years down the road, but there was a period of time, a couple years into it that in my situation had my ex said, you know what, this is stupid. You know, let's co-parent let's, you know, we can, we can just chill out and pretend everything is fine. We could have done it. You know, but they, they don't have the ability to do that. Even that last thing, when my kids all graduated last year and, and uh, Debbie and I had to spend basically the entire day or most of the day with all my kids and the ex, it was just like the, the, the stupid crap that was happening, not towards me. Actually, Debbie was the one who was more focused on. It's like, as soon as I would walk away, I'd be like, are you? the ex would come up to Debbie. Are you okay? You know, you, you look tired. You look, is everything okay? You know, do you need anything? It's like, yeah, I need you to go the fuck away and leave me alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm swearing. I apologize. I hope you guys don't mind. I hope YouTube doesn't punish me for that. Uh, Gat says, DSD, why are you so sure that your children will visits will be less? Is it because they will live with mom? Does your ex need them without child support? Well, Gaddis, uh, all my kids are now living, except for my son, are now living with their mommy. And uh, I'm living this. I mean, so it's like I barely, I mean, I do see my kids, right? So I saw my youngest. Uh, I'm trying to think if we did. I think this week we went to lunch and I met for lunch with my, my middle daughter. My son is currently in uh, at UNLV, University of Las Vegas, UN University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So he's there. Um, 
all my kids want to get out. But I think what's happened is, is a toxic narcissistic person develops a trauma bond, especially with their kids, where they feel like they have to validate them. You know, so um, I'm not super thrilled about it, Gaddis, but um, it is what it is. To be honest, what I thought was going to happen, and I was incorrect in that assessment, and I kind of positioned myself in case uh, I thought the ex was probably going to punch out and leave the state once child support and everything was done, was going to be like, peace out, I'm done. Now, what I heard from the kids is that that was a tent. That plan was put out there, but none of the kids want to leave. So, so that did not, that did not happen. Doesn't mean it might not happen at some point, but uh, anyways, so hopefully that answered your question. Uh, let's see here. Uh, NH Rebels says, if only everyone had found your channel in the beginning of their conflict. Man, I tell you, when I hit some or when I get to somebody who's in the beginning part of it and I can help them in that in that like early, early phase of it, the outcome they have typically is a lot better. I do hate whenever someone finds the channel, they've been through court, they've made a bunch of mistakes, and then they're like, oh, crap. I'm doing everything wrong you said to do or not to do. I did. And here's the reality. For the most part, uh, those little nuggets of truth, uh, I learned the hard way by making those mistakes and realizing it didn't work. So, you know, it is what it is. So I do, I am very grateful whenever I can get someone early and help them through their process in a way that, uh, that helps them and their kids. All right, let's see. I think, okay, I already talked. Oh, I guess I'm scrolling all over the place, so I apologize for that. Oh, Tiffany, I thought this was what was going on. Tiffany says, new season available tomorrow. Mario Kart, this is for, for, for Fortnite, which is really annoying because I sat down this morning ready to play a couple of rounds, and it was like, nope, you know, you're in a queue. And I'm like, oh, my, great. So no Fortnite for me. My kids give me grief about that. They're like, dad, you just bought an Xbox. Just, it's not an Xbox. You just bought a Fortnite machine. And that's literally the case. That's all I do with that thing. So I bought it for them mainly. So they would play other stuff on it. And they did. Oh, Heather, outstanding, says, I don't even have one beer when the antics are ramping up. Very smart. Awesome. The Global Vagabond says, quote, fair is what you pay to get on the bus, end quote. Must get out of the minds. Uh-oh, uh-oh, no, don't ban somebody. Must get out of the mindset that there is a right and wrong. Don't think about right. Don't think that right will save you. Sorry, I had to clarify that. Prep for everything. Yeah, you do. You have to. And, and the thing is, you also have to understand that these people don't generally play by uh, a set. by They don't play the game on the rules of morality and right and wrong. 
they play the game on win at all costs, which is why false allegations will happen and all these things happen, to, you know. And even I've seen so many times where somebody feels like they finally back their ex into a corner. They finally got them caught and things are going to happen. And then they go to court or whatever and they're able to spin some yarn and get out of it. I've seen that time and time again. That's partly one of the reasons why I think I wasn't going to do anything with, uh, with the ex, either with child support services or whatever, because it just, my personal experience is every time I tried to do something where I thought I understood, it blew up in my face. So it was like, it just got tiring and it just wasn't worth it. And I, it, and it drags you back down in the pit of hell on those things which is not any fun. Oh, my do not disturb stopped. I was wondering why I kept getting notifications, so I turned it back on. All right, so I'm scrolling down. If I miss something and you want me to re-hit it, just recopy it and tag me, please, and I will attempt to do that. Uh, okay, Anonymous says, instead of feeling the fear of anxiety and then falling into depression, that's what they want to happen. Oh, and anonymous 2281K. Uh, that's exactly what happened to me on this latest thing is it freaking drug me back down on the pit of hell. I'm just now starting to, to crawl my way out of it. Oh, speaking of that, I don't, if you, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram, but I want to show, where is this? Did I click on profile? Is that the one? Is that what I hit? There we go. Let's see. Will that make a bigger check? Check this out. Last trip I went on, um, I got, I didn't get stuck in a rut. It was funny. The truck in front of me was like, take it to the right. He was in a full size truck, which, you know, would have, if in that scenario would have put his tires on the other side of that rut. I fell right into that damn thing uh, in the truck. It didn't feel that bad. Uh, when I saw this picture, or actually the video, because it's a screen capture from a video. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Anyways, I have to share that. I just can't help myself. Let's see. Lori says, you taught me what NPD is. I found you in 2017 when I was searching to find out what was happening to me. You've been a lifesaver. See that right there What that other person that asked me why that's why I do this. I do this because I know, I know what it was like when I was going through this and I had no answers and I felt completely isolated and lost spiraling out of control. And I was trying to provide a, a resource that I wish I would have had. Now I get nowadays, there is a ton of NPD channels, there's, and a lot of therapists, I mean, there's a lot of channels that have exploded over the last seven years. I still don't think a lot of people talk about it in the context of what we're dealing with. So that's why I still feel like there's value added to it. Now, I know I don't make as much content content as I have been, and there's a lot of reasons, work, personal issues, this issue going on, uh, stuff with the kids, you know, when they were, were still minors that I basically kind of backed off so I could focus on making sure that everything didn't light on fire. But, uh, but I've always appreciated being able to provide, you know, some help for people going through this. 
John says, DSD, I told my ex if she did the opposite and was nice instead of being a bad person, things would have been different. If we did divorce, the way she did it was wrong and now she is full of regret. Yeah, I don't even, I, like in my situation, I think mine is still living in that cognitive dissonance of what their delusional reality is. And I do not care no more. She can think whatever she wants. So, and what I would say with John is you crushed her and her attorney. So, all right, let me scroll down. Yeah, Ted, Ted says, I'm, uh, I am going to tell my daughter that I cannot do negative right now. Positive vibes, positive vibes. Yeah, it's all about boundaries and it's really tough with kids. It, you got to be, it's, it's a balance, right? Because your ex, our exes are trying to get us to set a boundary as a wedge issue to destroy our relationship with our kids. They absolutely are doing that. You, but so you have to balance it. And it's, it goes back to the double binds I talk about in my earlier videos that for the most part, everything that we're given in this, in these scenarios is two bad choices. All the decisions, there's nothing good, right? It's like, it's all a compromise and it's all negative, which makes it really tough. But unfortunately, that's what you have to do. So Ted, you have to find a balance on that to where you could set a boundary, have some consequences that are, you know, appropriate, not complete. And, uh, and just kind of go back and forth with it. Oh, man, I don't know if I would do this. You said we're at the movies to see Napoleon. Uh, my daughter wants a drink. I told her water. Now, I would say this. Now, if she's being a complete bad with you, then, you know, whatever. But that's what I'm talking about with wedge issues, right? You got to really pick it. Now, maybe that's fine. And in the context of what you're dealing with, and I know we've had some offline uh, chats, but, uh, you know, it, that, that's the balance on this. And I and, and don't get me wrong. I struggle with that myself. There were a lot of times where I would make decisions that were, were negative with my kids because I was so angry and hurt by what had happened. And it took a lot of effort for me to be able to pivot that to just to be able to look at it differently. It's not easy. None of this crap is easy. <laughs> Johnny says, for me, I just deleted the word fair from my mind when it came to family court. <laughs> oh, dear God. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Uh, let's see here introspection. This is from Alec. I, I was going to say Alec Sander. If I messed your name up, I apologize. Introspection is the way we connect with what can be described as God. NPDs can't introspect at all. Hence are indeed the fallen angels evil with no connection possible between them and mortality. Okay. I, I get what you're saying and I agree with you. It's like basically they have no empathy. And I mean, I've, there's, you could make an argument <laughs> that we are in the midst of a spiritual war and we're on one side and they are on the other. Anyways. 
Wise Chat Manager says, do you see these people are like Teflon? Nothing sticks to them in court, and often the time spent is a major waste. However, I yes, I agree with you, but it does seem that after a while, they finally burn, they finally light themselves on fire. When I was talking to uh, a, a person in real life who ended up getting full custody of their son, a guy, and I was like, wow, how did that happen? Because that typically doesn't happen. And apparently in his situation, mommy uh, basically was making an ass of herself in court and pissed the judge off. So it kind of goes back to what I was mentioning earlier. It's uh, you, you have to get out of their way and let them burn themselves. That, that generally I wish I screwed myself on that myself. I, I interjected too much and it, it uh, helped things bounce off of, of my ex. Visible Friend says, DSC, thanks for doing this. You are so down to earth. You have really helped me cope after leaving my ex two years ago. Love this community. I think I have the best community out on YouTube. You guys are phenomenal. I mean, I know we don't have a lot of people here. Um, but even whenever I was doing like the daily show and we were getting close to like 100 views, uh, you know, live views, not a views, uh, people on the show. God, I can't even think of what, what the right word is. Um, very, very few trolls. Uh, you guys have been outstanding. So, and even the discord, I think is pretty good. I wish I could hang out more on that. I just don't have the time. Ah, Roy says you owe us nothing. You are appreciated. Thanks, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, Gaddis says, uh, SDSC YouTube channel, the anti-alienated project alienation project created by 28 year old who was alienated from their father from nine to 27. She might give uh, awareness to now adults who were alienated as children. Man, I hope I didn't butcher that saying that. No, thanks for sharing. Like I said, there's a bunch of there, there, you know, there's a bunch of stuff out there. My guess is that channel's probably heck of a lot bigger than mine. Oh, and I do, you know, in my scenario, I mean, it's kind of colored in the fact that I was absolutely alienated from my father. So, you know, a lot of the things that I I look at or the the techniques that I've come up with throughout the years have been based on my interactions with my own dad and what didn't work and what he could have done differently that probably would have worked for me. That makes sense. Now, even with that, I will say, even with that, there are still things I really struggle with because this is so annoying and so frustrating that it's hard to completely, you know, be a monk, I guess, on this. All right. Let's see. Let's see. At what point, this is Lori says, at what point age do you think you can share with your children that the other parent has a personality disorder? I would not do that until they are late teens, if not adults. Because, and, and, and even then, I think it would be more in the context of if you're talking with your child, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're confiding in you with struggles they're having with the other parent. Um, 
you know, then it kind of opens the door. I mean, I'm kind of a sarcastic person. So a lot of times, and this is probably what I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Like I'm saying, this all isn't, isn't easy, but there are times when I'm, I'll be chatting with one of my, my kids and they'll say something about what's going on. I'll be like, you know, I know of a channel that covers that topic because they do know about the YouTube channel now. So, and they just kind of look at me. But I do feel like I'm hopeful, like with my own kids, that because I was able to stick around and be in their life, that hopefully that will be enough to help them not replicate this crap in their own lives. Now, granted, they have it with their mom. You know, they had to live through this as a child. But I'm hoping that the skill sets that they're going to have are going to help them to pick better relationships so that so they don't need to find uh, a partner or friends who treat them like crap just to try to reconcile, reconcile the relationship they they have with their, uh, you know, toxic, unavailable parent. I belong to Jesus says I lost my only son when he married 20 years ago. My grandchildren will never really know me. My heart is crushed. Yeah. These people are tough. And, uh, in this scenario, I'll take it that your son is, you know, he isn't the toxic one, but he's being influenced. And unfortunately my experience working with grandparents and stuff is that it is really easy for a toxic narcissistic spouse to systematically alienate their, their spouse with their family. And unfortunately the mother-in-law thing or your mom, you know, it's like that that's a trope that is so easy to manipulate because, you know, everyone always says, you know, the, the story is, well, you know, the son's, Mom, you know, never likes the wife, always sticks their nose into it. So all this person has to do is just find little points that out of context and say, see, look at what your mom's doing. Look what's happened. Look at what happened. You know, this is toxic. This is bad. You know, they're interfering with this. And men who haven't gone through this nightmare are programmed to make their wives happy. And it's like, well, now this is my family. You know, it's not not uh, the old family, you know, not my family, not their family. And it's, and it's easy for them to get manipulated. And, and it's really sad because then you end up in your situation where, uh, you know, you're basically kicked out of the, the relationship and you're unable to have what you used to have. So anyways, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, and just to clarify on the boundaries, and I know I've talked about this in other videos, but just in the context of this, one of the reasons or one of the ways I was able to finally just cut off all contact with my mom is she ended up making friends with my ex, spent some time over there and basically was like, you're an asshole. And, uh, you know, I've made up with your ex and we're at her house right now, hanging out with her and the kids. And I was like, go F yourself, enjoy your new life with, uh, with my ex. And in my mind, it was like, okay, well, then they still get to see the kids through the X. I don't have to be involved. So, um, oh, good times. Not really.
No, I haven't. Uh, John says, DSC, have you heard of, of Jonathan Noble, the attorney in PA, New Jersey? He talks about narcissism in the courts and divorce process. Perhaps you can do a show with him. Yeah, I'm at, I, here, here's the thing. I have been not following much in the narcissistic abuse community. Um, and, you know, I haven't really been doing many shows, but I'm, I'm starting to ramp things up. Um, I might start covering, uh, I was talking with John Steinbeck. I, he's recommending that, that I start covering some of these high profile uh, crime stories that are domestic in nature and family court and stuff like that, like the uh, Dan Markell story. And uh, I might start doing that. I don't know if I'm going to do that on this channel or if I'll create another channel, but you know, that's something that I'm considering thinking about. I just got to get through this latest freaking disaster I'm dealing with. All right. Wiesel says, DSC, how do you handle the aftermath when the ex wanted to be quote unquote friends and when you didn't want to would flip it to you just can't let it go. <laughs> oh, that's so hilarious. Only because that's exactly what happened. I remember, I remember early on, you know, the ex, uh, I can't remember what happened. I, I did, I sent something or whatever. And she's like, why can't we just be friends? You know, why can't we just let it go? You know? And then she's like, well, you know, I, I'm here whenever you're ready, when you're ready to be mature, I, I'm, 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 I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> and I fell for that trap. And I, well, I didn't fall for it. I'm like, damn it. This was when I was like, I started no contact, not realizing that you can't do no contact when you have kids. And then she, she called me on that. A couple of months later, she realized, oh, crap, you know, you're not playing anymore. So she pulled that. So I'm like, all right, you know, fine. What do you want to talk about? And it's like, you know, this is via email. It's like, oh, I'm making chicken and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't fucking, I mean, I don't want to, whatever. And then now this is in the petty stage. This was before I started this channel, before I got more, more better at all this crap. I remember there was, and this was actually before the crap falling out with my mom. And she's like, you know, can we switch? Can you get your ex to switch weekends? And I'm like, I don't want to ask this. It's going to be anytime I ask anything, the answer is N-O-N-O. -no. And they're like, no, just ask. What's the, you know, just, just ask. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey, pumpkin. I didn't say pumpkin. I was like, hey, what do you, you know, can we switch weekends? No. Like, what do you mean? No, we didn't even discuss it. I mean, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> and then I'm, I couldn't help myself. I sent her an email. I said, well, it's obvious you're not ready to work on things together, but just know I'm here. When you're ready to co-parent and, and work together, I, I'm here. I'm just an email away. <laughs> oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But, uh, and then what happened? sorry, Wiesel, is I finally just had the realization. Hold on, let me scroll back over here. I had the realization that, let me get back on my mindset for narcissistic, narcissistic abuse, this absolute thinking that I just had to remind myself what I was dealing with and trust that I could never let my guard down at all 
And that's where I'm at. And that was weaponized against me too. Cause I don't know how many times my kids would be like, well, why can't you just let it go? And I hate to say this, but I even said that to my dad, you know, throughout my life too. And, uh, until you live this, you don't understand it. So, um, yeah, I just made my, I'm just like, you know what? Satan have to keep my guard up the entire time and can't let it down. Can't, you know, just expect that the, the scorpion will sting you if you're trying to get them across the river. And don't put yourself, oh my God, I just spilled everything. And don't put yourself in that situation. That's what I get for having coffee without a lid and me being one of those people that talks with their hands. Don't do that when you got coffee without a lid on your hand. Oh my God, I got coffee everywhere now. <laughs> ah, Sorry about that. Oh my God. The wise says, for those unaware, there is a Discord for this show, and you get to that because YouTube keeps changing everything. If you go to the main page, they used to have little icons here, but they took them away. And you go down here and you say, click more links, and it gives you about. And there is the Discord invite link to get to the DSD Discord. So I wish I didn't have coffee all over my hand now. Dang it. Dang it. Ugh. So thank you for mentioning that, wise. I appreciate it. I always forget to talk about that. Let's see. Oh, we're after an hour, so I'll, I'll try to wrap this up. Uh, but I will look through because I'm a little behind on comments and see if uh, if there's any questions or anything towards me. Um, I'm just trying to. Okay. Trying to see if there's anything specifically sent to me. I apologize for the pause as I'm trying to read and multitask, which I typically don't do very well. A narcissism abuse survivor says, DSC, true, nothing fair in court. I too am blessed to win soulful custody. Hold on, I got to do this. Of my two minor kids, not because I had millions points against me, but because next, but gosh darn it, not because I had millions of points against my ex, but because next messed up real bad and the stuff hit the fan. Did I just get a down vote? Oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, anyways, so good for you, man. I'm glad that that happened. Christy says, I feel stuck between my past and my future, stuck in truth versus lies and stuck between means and will. Oh, Christy, and I absolutely can remember that stage of this. It is horrible. I felt like I was in idle, unable to go forward, backwards, just sitting there burning gas and, and just losing time. And that was really tough. Hang in there, Christy. The, the things do get better. It just takes time. And unfortunately, there's a lot of pain associated with that. And where am I at? Let's see. Lori says, LOL, I have the same with my ex regarding what quote, why can't, why can't you let it go? Says I'm so jealous of new wife tells everybody could not be further from the truth. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, and Lord, it sounds like you're already kind of at this mode. There is a period 
where when they were throwing that narrative out, I wanted to fight it. And I'll tell everyone right now, don't waste your time. It, it doesn't, it, it drags you into the mud with them. It puts you in a scenario that, that actually benefits them. You just have to make your peace with whatever they want to say, whatever they want to believe, fine. And for me personally, what ended up happening is, is every time my, in my opinion, every time my ex felt like she was winning, that I was just a bitter, angry, you know, fool of a man, fool of a little man, that uh, she left me alone right? It was those times where I tried to, well, let me show you that, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm over it and yada, yada. It's like, it just turned everything worse. So for me personally, when I allow, when I just basically let her like live her little fantasy and not actively trying to fight it, it, it made my life better. Now I rest assured I am a thousand percent confident that if you roll around this little town I'm in, which I think has like 15, 20,000 people, I'm sure there is a, there's a high, you know, a large percent, large portion of the population here who has no idea who I am. There's a couple of people who know me and probably have a, a good opinion of me. And then there's her folks who probably think I'm a complete piece of garbage and I don't care. I used to, I used to care. Don't care. Do not care. You know, F them, I have my life, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to try to eke out a little sliver of happiness the best I can, and not drench myself in coffee, um, and I hope that you guys can do the same thing. And Lori, let me ask you that, ask you if you can, if you can, if you're still on, um, did you struggle with that? Was that one of those things that it took you a while to make your peace with, or did that, you know, or was it like, you know, right off the beginning, you're like, hey, whatever, dude, feel whatever you want. You know, I don't care. That's you. You have your life, you know, um, or if it was an issue. Curious. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. John says, DSC, I am going mostly carnivore for a diet. The sense of calm has been wonderful and things hardly bother me. I'm going, doing mostly. <laughs> okay. Are those related? John, is that related? Do you feel like you're more calm, calm because of your diet? Or are you just saying you've done, and I'll say for me personally, the more carnivore or keto or whatever, uh, my blood sugar, my diabetes does better. It's just hard to do. It's like crap food everywhere. So interesting. Interesting. Let's see. Lori says, do you see any tips on how to teach children what gaslighting is. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They are nine. Okay. They are nine, 11, 13. Uh, I see them getting gaslit and trauma bonded, setting in with them from their NPD dad. What? Yes. And I, this is the way I did it. At that age, they are going to have friends that they're dealing with that are going to exhibit the same type of behavior. So you don't get caught in the trap of using their dad as the example find scenarios with their little friends that is the exact same thing. And you could use that as the lesson about gaslighting and inappropriate behavior and that they don't have to get in that scenario. And then planting those seeds will hopefully grow to where they'll start to understand that that's exactly what they're dealing with with their father. 
that would absolutely, Lori, be my recommendation on how to deal with that. And that is exactly what I did. I will say, wait a minute, let me back up. Early on with my oldest, I, when he made some comments that made me think that he started to understand what was going on, I overshared. I said too much and I nearly lit my relationship on him with on, on fire. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I mean, at 9, 13 or 9, 11 and 13, they are absolutely going to have stupid things going on with their little friends at school or church and whatever. And you can use that as the, 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 the learned moment to cover that. And I think it'll go more, it'll, it'll be more effective because our kids absolutely expect us to say negative things about the other parent. And unfortunately in that scenario, if you're using the other parent as the example, then they don't even really hear what you're saying. So it's, it's ineffective, 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 ineffective. All right, let's see here. Oh, Lori says, I totally agree. This is on the spouse thing uh, the, regarding the new spouse. She, let me click here out of it. She's not an ideal stepmom, but certainly better than just MPD dad. Actively fighting that you aren't jealous, et cetera, only adds focus to the situation. Yeah. And to be honest, I think our best case scenario, which sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't. Our best case scenario is when our toxic MPD X gets with a person that does have empathy, that is not probably have their own personality. It, well, I mean, if you're, if you're a victim of this, then you have your own issues. We all have our own issues that got us in these scenarios, but they can end up being a stabilizing force, which can help make things a little bit better. You know, sometimes it's hard, right? Whenever it, you see your ex, you know, who is, who's lit everything on fire and, and you see them in a relationship that seems to be semi-positive. I'll tell you right now, the likelihood that it's really positive behind closed doors is fucking zero. And the reality is, is that person is living the same chaos that you were living and they just haven't got to the point, that threshold of, of realization. The other really hard part about it is typically you'll hear and or see that your ex is becoming or doing things that maybe you always wanted them to do or becoming a person that they never were. And it makes your head hurt because you're like, well, why wouldn't they do that with me? Well, narcissistic people adapt to the, the situation that they're in. So if they have to become a different person to manipulate and control somebody, they will. It's just, it is just what it is. And it's hard to watch because it makes you feel like you're going crazy because they make your life crazy. Uh, oh man, I got to figure out how to say your name, man. Alaska, Alexander, Alexander, Alexander says, DSD, did your ex find out about this channel? If yes, what happened upon it? Yes, she did. She found out about it a couple of years ago when her ex-boyfriend found the channel because he was trying to figure out why his ex-girlfriend was making his life a living hell. And he did some Google searches or YouTube searches, found my channel, realized my channel or who I was, reached out to me via email. And then unfortunately, he beelined over to her house, banged on the door 
and said, uh, hey, guess what? Your ex-husband has a channel which says you're this, but he was in that cognitive dissonance stage. He didn't want to believe it. He was still in the fog, and it didn't work out well. And sadly, and this kid, I mean, I'm 53. The ex is 55. This happened a couple of years ago, so she was in her 50s, and he was in his 30s. He sadly uh, overdosed and passed away. Uh, I might at some point make a video where I go over those emails. Um, I haven't decided yet. Obviously, I wanted to wait till the kids were older before I did anything like that. But yeah, no, she found out a couple of years ago. Actually, to be perfectly honest, I was flabbergasted that I was able to keep this a secret that long. But what I will say, this was never about her. This wasn't about exposing her. This always, and that's why I was like, I've done everything I can to try to minimize overlap and to make sure that this channel doesn't mix with me in real life. Now, I've gotten more lax on that since all this has happened, but that was my thing, right? It's like, I don't use any of the kids' names. I don't use her names. I don't use my town. I don't, you know, I mean, that type of thing. I mean, maybe over the last seven years, I've leaked that a couple of times. But I've done really well to try to, it's not about her. It's about helping you guys get through this, get your life back, minimize what your toxic exes and these toxic scenarios have done so that you can get your life back and ultimately move on to where you don't even need the channel. You, you do. You do need to go over and subscribe to my camping channel so we can stay connected via happier means. But my, my goal, my thing has never been to have this channel where I have you know, hundreds of thousands of people, I mean, it would be great, don't get me wrong, but that are, you know, active on this channel for five, six, seven, 10 years. I mean, I want you guys to get your lives back, get through this and move on and minimize the damage of what they've done and what you've experienced. That's always been my goal. Not a great business, you know, <laughs> not a great business business uh, 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 option or whatever. All right, let's see. Oh, I saw that the other day. DST says, we have to all be like Elon and tell everyone to F off. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that was, that guy's, that guy is unique. If you don't know what happened is, is he was being interviewed, I think by a friend of his, I'm not entirely sure. He was being interviewed and someone was like, well, you know, this, this advertiser boycott, what do you think about it? I guess Disney's trying to boycott him. And he basically said, go F yourself. <laughs> I was like, damn, uh, that guy's that guy is pretty amazing. So he's confusing, though. I mean, the, the dumbass or the knucklehead teamed up with Amber. I mean, that wasn't super smart. Lori says that DSC at the beginning uh, was embarrassed that my ex was out partying with new girl when no one knew we'd split up. Yeah, you know, and it's tough, right? Because you think about it and it's like, you know, especially if you have kids, it's like, can you can you not be a knucklehead? That's funny. I remember, uh, so I've been, in January, I will have been dating Debbie for 10 years, right? And uh, I remember when we first started dating, the ex made a big thing. I remember the kids coming over and it's like, oh, daddy, you know, mommy told us that, that, you know, she'll only bring quality people around and she's not going to just introduce us to everyone, you know, and they were all excited about it. It was like, mommy cares about us. 
And I'm just like, you know, the underlying tone that the, that, that the kids didn't understand is that, well, I'm not going to do like your dad does and just pick tacky, you know, people to bring around. And the crazy part is, if you look at it throughout the course of the last, you know, 12 years, I've had a stable 10-year relationship. Granted, we're not married. We don't live together. But there's, you know, financial and geolocation reasons that complicate that. And, uh, and it's like, so who's the person that's had, you know, multiple people around? Well, that would be the ex. Who's had a handful of people literally take themselves, self-delete? That would be the ex. That was only two people. But, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah, but, but you know, but, 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 but kids, you know, I'm not going to be like your dad and just bring crappy people around. Unfortunately, we have very limited control and our influence. Actually, we don't have even limited. We have zero control or influence on what the X is going to do and, uh, and what they're going to expose our children to. There's just, we, we, it is what it is. It sucks. <laughs> I got to highlight this. Wise. The wise chat manager says, if you go cannibal diet, then the neighbors are usually nicer to you. Uh, wise, are you a little loopy? Did you work a night? Did you work all night? That's hilarious. Oh my God. Hey, Pepe. <laughs> Glad to see you, man. Hopefully you're doing okay. I know things have been rough. Uh, and I haven't seen you. Well, I haven't been online in a while, so hopefully you're doing okay. Uh, use friends as an example. Okay, so that's from before that. Ooh, I think I'm down at the bottom. I think I've hit. I think I've hit the comments. Come on, only 29 thumbs. Oh, the 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 thumb down got deleted. So thank you for that. Whoever I guess accidentally did that. So so thank you for correcting that. I was I was hurt. <laughs> John says DSC. There is a song by Rush called "Wish Them Well." Thank your stars you're not that way. Turn your back and walk away. Don't even pause and ask them why. Turn around and say goodbye. Wish them well. I don't remember if I've ever heard that song. You know, it's amazing whenever you look at pop cultures throughout the years and realize this stuff's been going on forever. The difference about now, I mean, sometimes I think we think, <laughs> somebody just gave me a thumbs down. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, anyways, when you look at pop culture, you'll see that these behavior types have been there forever. And I think the difference is now there's so much information to learn about what it is, to understand the psychology behind it. So you can put it in context. But I, but I know for me, like there was a phase I went through with this where I, I absolutely thought, that, you know, this is just happening now. This is a unique thing. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some unique things that are happening right now. But these behaviors and these toxic behaviors and these alienating behaviors uh, have been out there forever. I would also say probably the biggest difference or the biggest change has been, you know, for a lot of us who are adults who went through this as children, 
it was really easy for the, the dads just to get run off and, you know, to be basically forced to be a deadbeat dad or forced to just start over. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, and how many people have been like, I don't understand why, you know, my dad is remarried and has their own kids. And, you know, I barely, barely talks to me and it's, and it's weaponized. And I realize now that it was, it, it was out of self-preservation because there comes a point in time where this destroys you, where you literally, it destroys your life and you potentially make some really bad choices or you pick up the pieces, realize you've lost, realize they've won, you pay your fine, and you start over. I get it now, you know? I mean, I didn't for the longest time, but I understand that sometimes that's, you know, that's what happens. Now, the thing that's happened differently is now 50-50 custody is becoming more prevalent. You know, there's there's uh, studies and everything that show that kids need both parents, so the courts are for, are moving towards that. So it isn't as easy for somebody to delete another parent out of the picture like it was 20 years ago. And that I think, I mean, man, it's so tough because some, I mean, I can look at, okay, so since my, since all my kids are older and I could, if I take an objective view and I look at it and say, okay, well, let's say hypothetically 12 years ago, the X one, she got full custody she took the kids out of state and I never saw them pretty much ever again because I wouldn't have been able, I mean, financially I was ruined. I would have never been able to go visit them and I never would have been able to fly them back out. The, the caveat for me is I don't know emotionally how I would have or if I would have survived that. Had I been able to, then maybe the last 12 years wouldn't have been as painful. It's really tough because I feel like I did everything I had to do because if, here's my problem. I know I'm going on a complete tangent on this, so hopefully this makes sense. Here's my problem. If I would have just, volu- if I would have said, okay, you know what, I'm going to lose. I can't, I can't do this. Fine. You want to take the kids? Go, you know peace out. All the stuff that's happened with my kids. If I think I would have felt incredibly guilty that I didn't do more or try more. So I fought as much as I could fully expecting to lose because I needed to be able to like, let's say I did, you know, we go through the court and everything and we roll the clock way back and they turn around and they said, you know what? You're a scumbag. We believe everything she says. You know, uh, she gets full custody, full decision making. And oh, by the way, you know, tomorrow she's leaving the state, you know, and you can talk to the kids on the phone, you know, once a week or something. Um, then I would at least like, okay, I tried, right? And, uh, and I think that's important for a lot of us that we have to do everything in our power to try. And unfortunately, the kids don't understand the, the nuances of what's really going on because they don't have the, they don't have the capability just like I didn't when I was a kid. So it's like we get poked in the eye constantly. We're constantly doing this running battle with the ex where they're trying to light things on fire and do wedge issues and stuff, you know, but 
I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I, it's, it's weird. I can look back on it now and it's like, you know, what would have happened differently? Hmm. I don't know. I still feel good about what I did. I think, you know, you have to do the right thing. You have to do the best you can. And, you know, so that at the end of the day, if things go south, at least you did everything in your power to try to help your kids as much as you can. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you tried. Does that make sense? Curious what you guys think about that. All right. Anonymous says, life for me is pretty hard, just being honest, but it definitely reveals revealed people's true nature at the very least. Goes on to say, considering that most of, of the abuse I experienced was as a kid, it, spark, it does speak a lot about it, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Vulnerability is the main topic here. Absolutely. I think most of us end up in these scenarios as adults because we had trauma during when we were growing up you know that unfortunately sets a, a, a recipe for disaster so to speak where we're trying to reconcile that past trauma typically with with uh, our parents you know to try to to do I did it I mean I was my mom had done a freaking marvelous job of convincing me that my dad was a pile of crap you know, weaponized his actions against himself. Uh, he fell victim to it or fell for her traps multiple times. And uh, I mean, but I, it, it tore me up. It's like, you know, why I remember breaking down as a young kid, not understanding why my dad didn't care about me. But my mom would do crazy shit like say, oh, your dad's going to come by and pick you up today. And I'd be all excited. And I'd sit at the window you know, an hour before you're supposed to be there. And then, you know, an hour afterwards, I mean, this is like when I'm like eight or nine years old, maybe 10 and just completely emotional wreck. And, you know, I talked to my dad about that a few years back and he's like, yeah, that never happened. I mean, it's like, I, you know, what my mom did is she set up a scenario to try to make it look like my dad didn't care about me. And that's what these fucking people do. They're just evil. They're fucking evil. I'm sorry. I don't mean to swear. Hang in there, Anonymous. Um, says, yeah, I'm definitely not staying. Well, I'll come back. Wuzel Talker said, Anonymous, you can't stay there, man. And then Anonymous says, yeah, I'm definitely not. The goal is to be a good, wait a minute. The goal is to be a go-getter and not a couch surfer like the narcissist, but I do face many obstacles. Oh, I can relate to that, man. And there are times where you just feel like you just get kicked in the head. And I've definitely experienced that. I'm like I mentioned earlier, that's kind of been the problem over the last couple of months. Where it's just like, it's like, can't these people just leave me alone? So on that, I think, oh, I forgot to make the button to do the members. Darn the luck. All right, I think I'm going to wrap this up. So Thank you guys for hanging out with me on this Saturday. I really appreciate it. I hope you appreciated and found some value in this conversation. I know this is not easy, but uh, we can all get through this and take our lives back and minimize the crap that these people do. On that, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Try to do something fun. Try to do something that gives you a little bit of peace, at least gives you a little bit of a break in a positive way. And on that... I will catch you guys on the next one.